Welcome to the Step Back 3. I'm your host, Tristan. And I am his wondrous, welcoming, wise, and I've been told willful wife. Ooh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a W too. Sam. What's up, guys? Uh, we're joined by Kat. Hey, man. Uh, to talk about uh, the bull season in segment one, because that's kind of what we have to do. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to make some playoff predictions in segment two, and then we're going to talk about some comic things we've missed in the last month of not doing these things with uh, Deadpool and Daredevil. So that's segment three. But let's start by talking about the Bulls. For segment one, we are going to do something a little different, and we're just going to say positive things about the Bulls. So we'll go around taking turns saying things that have been positives for the Bulls this season since we've spent so much time focusing on the negatives. Well, I'll start with the first one. They won tonight. Although, would have been better if I was saying that about the game last night against the Pistons. But yeah, a win well, against the Bucks is a win against an NBA team. So. <laughs> that is technically true. And they there also held them to under 100 points. Barely, but also true. That keeps up that statistic. Were you thinking about that? Yeah, the they had, they allowed like a string of like what thirteen plus games of allowing a hundred plus points. This well, that stretch this. There's season. another one where the Bulls are like, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's like twenty four and two or something like that. Of that's their record when holding the opponents under a hundred points. Oh, hmm. which is very cool. good. Except it's like that's not very many games. It, in the span Which of is the interesting. Season. I'd be curious to go back and look at um, the Thibodeau era and see how many over 100 point games they allowed. I mean, I bet the opposing team. I bet Thibodeau's record is not as good as that, but also there were way more games of holding the opponents under right. 100 points. So. That's yeah. yeah. Um, other positive things? Uh, I like that, I like oh, that sorry. Taj Gibson has become more of a. I feel like a vocal presence on the team. <laughs> Uh, especially with Joe Kim, you know, being out, that's something the Bulls desperately need. So you, yeah, I like that. You can definitely say that Taj has been, of all the players on the team, the one who has been the most consistent, and definitely looks like he's given up the least. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's definitely a positive. Um, I'll go next. Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore looks like a NBA player that can really contribute to a team. Like I don't know if Etwan can start on a team that's a contender, but he can definitely provide solid minutes off the bench and is worth uh, getting a decent mid-range salary next year. Will he get that from the Bulls? <clears throat> or is he going to go the DJ Augustine and John Luke the third route of playing himself and more money somewhere else? He will He will get a decent salary next year. Whether it's from the Bulls remains to be seen. Probably depends on whether they reside power or not. Well... Yeah. Boo. <laughs> no. That's still a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's still a thing. thing. It never went. And it feel like it positive. Never... This is positive thing. So we gotta we gotta move on to <laughs> positives. Oh, I had it, but I lost it. Oh yes, I've got it again. Um, I think like Bobby Portis having a chance to play has definitely been a positive of this season. I don't know. You know, I mean, development of young talent. See what you've got. Yeah, yeah. And I, see I... what he can contribute, and he's. Young and excitable, shoots the ball too much, but... I agree. Plus, that, plus those eyes, <laughs> the death stare. It's great. He, he was in an ad the other day, I saw. He's, he's struggling, <clears throat> but I agree the that Bulls it's... Are a, struggling. Yeah, but I agree that it's a positive that he's gotten to play a lot of minutes this year, and really, like, he, he's learning by playing instead of 
having to watch on the bench like Doug last year. I can also not really think of any other player on the Bulls I had very low, low expectations for. And so to see Bobby Portis doing things and getting a chance to play, it's like, uh, for, what's his name? Floricio? Help me out here. Feliciano. Felicio. Right? Feliciano, I thought. Felicio. Felicio. Number six for the Bulls. Like, who comes in and just has banging, a couple banging throwdowns, like, does some really cool stuff. Like, that's a highlight reel, I suppose. He'd be the only person I had no expectations for that has exceeded them. But Bobby Portis, to me, is at least somebody who I was interested to see, and I got to see, because there's been a lot of chance for him to play. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm going to go Jimmy Butler has been very fun to watch this year. He's just, He's great. I wish he was a little bit more, again, of a, I guess, that vocal presence that, I, that Taj has taken. But Jimmy's dope. Guy who, like, you know, puts his head, you know, carries his, you know, team on his, carries his team a lot of, a lot of the time. New, new Derek role, and, you know, filled that role that Derek's kind of had to fill. Or Derek's been at. Except Derek. has he? Like, he, in the game that we watched the other night against the Pistons, last night, he, like, threw up the ball. Yeah, with, I, I, I have complicated some, <coughs> thoughts and feelings about Jimmy this year, but again, we're, the, the point in this one is to stay positive. So I won't, I won't rehash all my trepidations with a Jimmy Butler led team. But definitely, a lot of his play has been positive. So I will. Yeah, sure. I mean, he plays very hard. He plays very well. I just and you're talking about how like a Jimmy Butler led team like can't win a championship, right? Or he's like the number. He's a good number two on a team. I'm talking about what's going on in the locker room and Mm -hmm. him having to take some responsibility for all that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm saying his play on the floor. Yeah, that's what I I mean. Yeah, but part of it is his play on the floor because he definitely takes the Bulls out of their offense a lot by the way that he plays offense, and I feel like that is part of the issues that they're having in the locker room. Is mm. it, it, He's definitely not blameless in that regard. Sure. But, again, positive. So, yes, Jimmy Butler overall has been positive. Uh, I was going to go with uh, Cristiano Felicio as well. And we talked about a little about him earlier, but yeah, he looks like somebody who can provide good minutes off the bench. Like, I don't want him starting, but he can be an, a chic type player, you know, like come in, play some defense, have some solid contribution around the basket. So, yeah, I'll take Felicio going forward. I have a controversial opinion of my next one, my next time through. Um, Der- I enjoyed, I have enjoyed seeing Derek play when Derek is playing healthy. I'm not saying he's the Derek of old, but he looks like. Maybe with a little bit more time, he can improve his play. More. Yeah, Derek. And after the, I, I feel good because I feel like he he has not pushed himself to the point where he's like torn something again, or you know, it's like he's still getting injured, but it's not quite the same thing. Derek after New Year's, once his eye started to heal, it was way better than Derek before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's definitely been a positive. Is yeah. he still going to be with the Bulls next year? Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to be here next year. Whether he'll be here after that is definitely an open question. But he's got one more year of $20 million and nobody else is going to pay him that. So Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I got your point guard. I mean, he's just, I feel like when he's healthy, he's a very solid point guard. Mm-hmm. He's not, I mean, yeah, he's, I don't think he's ever going to be Derrick Rose of old. No. But he's a solid, I feel like, maybe not 20 points a game, but, like, high, high teens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Seven, you know, maybe seven assists. Few rebounds a game, just 
guy who can I feel like hopefully hold this team like lose just like you know be a be a good point guard holding their team together on the floor offensively. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, I guess uh, maybe maybe this one's a little a little shady, but I guess. Garpacks being exposed a little bit. I feel mm. like they've always been kind of, you know, kind of like this, like ah, angels in the sky. And I feel like this year it's been like, yeah, like what, 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 what was your plan this year? Yeah, they definitely is. That, I, I would count it as a positive that the Bulls are going to mix some playoffs because change is going to come. Hopefully, so that's an unfortunate positive. But. Yeah. Uh, my last one is Doug. I feel like Doug has definitely gotten a chance to. Uh, be a more focal part of the offense with all the injuries, and it's done his game good in the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like the all the positives I said so far are like bench players who can definitely contribute to a really good team in the future, but the Bulls, as it's constructed, doesn't really have a group of starters that can be that team, at least not together. We just have to get rid of Powell and yeah, get something like new, I think. I don't know. Does anyone have any more positives? Oh, um, I yeah. I was wondering, are we we have like a limited number on this, or is, I thought it was gonna be like I'm out. I, I was, I was reaching more. I was reaching pretty deep on my guard packs um, exposure. I have one more. I want to say I always have fun going to Bulls games. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Justin Holiday, I think, was a good trade. Yeah, he, mm. he can also be a contributor. Like it, the Bulls have, they, they've got some good players, and I think that Justin Holiday move was a, a good diamond in a rough find. Can so. I put? Can I say a good one would be? There's no way to. There's no way to manipulate this into something. Luke Walton, come to Chicago and coach <laughs> the Bulls. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I there's know, no I way just, Jerry is would. paying three coaches. I yeah. know. I wish it would though. Yeah, it'd be great. All right, uh, let's move on to segment two. For segment two, we're going to delve into the NBA playoffs, unlike the Bulls, and. Aww. Uh, make some predictions here. So we're going to start with question one will be what your finals pick is. Uh, question two is what team do you think is most ripe for an upset? So like what team do you think is going to lose before they should? doesn't have to be the first round, just before the team in question should be losing in the playoffs. And then question three will be one player you are excited to watch in the playoffs, apparently from each conference, because I definitely have two as well, so... Cats come up with another one if you haven't yet. <laughs> uh, let's start with the finals pick, though. Who? Who's well, I'll, I'll just pick the Warriors. You're picking yeah. the Warriors, yeah, yeah. to win it, to all. win it all. Over who? Cle- uh, Cleveland. Over Cleveland. Yeah, okay. clearly. So all chalk for you. I'm I'm the same way. I think it's gonna be Warriors over Cleveland. I don't see either of those teams getting upset. I want to be the person who says the Cavs are gonna win. Because the Spurs are going to come out of the West because Golden State is just going to have one game where they don't have the right momentum. I want to say all of that. (laughs) I mean, I just, because, no, because I think that in a seven game series against the Spurs and Warriors, I think that, I think that that is a really favorable matchup to the Spurs. I know that that sounds crazy, but I mean, this also answers my later question of who I'm looking forward to watching play in the, in the finals this year. I, but I want to say all of that is true, but I guess it has to be Golden State, right? Because, like, you're an idiot not to pick them this year. You're, you could pick, you're I stupid. Mean, you're, like, not picking the whatever year the Blackhawks won all those games. 20. Or the 96 Bulls. Sure, the 96 one. Bulls. Like, Fair enough. The like, Spurs are good. Like, the Spurs could definitely give... I mean, I feel they've got two more games against Golden State this year. 
and I feel like Pop, even Kerr might, you know, rest, you know, some of their starters, you know, some of their starters, but, yeah, I agree, Sam, they, they are, they definitely present a lot of, like, big matchup problems, and they give, they can feel like they can give Golden State fits. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know, it's, I, it would be such, it's such an incredible, that series is going to be so much fun, I hope it goes seven games, and I hope they're all triple overtime games. I really hope everybody is healthy for it, it would really be a shame if, like, one of the best players on either of the teams was hurt and we were gypped out of classic Western Conference Finals. Is Iggy coming back? He should be back for the playoffs. Because that's, like, that, he was high up on my list of candidates of people I'm excited to see. Yeah, he is, he's supposed to be back for the playoffs. Cool. Uh, all right, upset picks. Uh, Oklahoma City is going to lose before. I mean, I don't know. I don't even even know it's before they should. I just Oklahoma City reminds me a lot of the Bulls right now. Just a lot of two man offense, and nobody else really contributes anything else on the on their team. If it's Oklahoma City versus Portland, I can definitely see that. If it's Oklahoma City versus Memphis in the first round, because right now Portland and Memphis are tied for five. So one of them's gonna get the Clippers, one of them's getting the Thunder, and if it's Portland versus the Thunder, I can definitely see that happening. Memphis yeah. is kind of falling apart though, so. That is my. That was also my thought was the Thunder. The Thunder. Uh huh. But um. I also I, think the Hawks could lose. They're, I just. I never really trust the Hawks in the playoffs. What's the? I want to know what the. Is do the Hawks have a lock on three? Could the Heat sneak in there? Because I really, I could really, honestly see oh, yeah, an Eastern Conference Finals between the Cavs and the Haw- and the Heat. The the Hawks Celtics, and I wouldn't be surprised at all by that. The Hawks Celtics Heat and Hornets are pretty much locked into the three through six ser- six seeds, but they are all like within a game of each other. So they could turn and flip anyway. In any, that. yeah, any of them could land in any of those spots. Because honestly, I think if the if the Heat got the three seed and could avoid playing the Cavs until the Eastern Conference Finals, I think that they could upset the Raptors. Well, I, my pick is the Raptors. I could see the Raptors actually losing to the Pistons in the first round because mm. the Raptors one do that all the time, and two, I think that a Van Gundy coach Pistons team with the way they're constructed could be a good kryptonite for the way the Raptors play. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I could see I could see the Raptors losing in the first round. Yeah. So I that's mean, my upset pick. Sure. Uh, all right, and then players you're excited to watch. Western Conference, my boy, Kawhi Leonard. I just... I love, I mean, obviously it's like, it goes without saying to me that you have to be excited to watch any Golden State game. Like, you have to be. There's, they're fun to watch all the time. But I can't wait to see what Kawhi Leonard does because he just gets better every year. And I think he's motivated and I think it's exciting. He's my Western Conference pick. My Eastern Conference pick is LeBron and that's, that is just because I believe still so much in his, like, sort of fable of of his career and everything that I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that if teams batter each other up enough in the West and they're all better teams in the West than the East that LeBron really can't come in healthy with like a hungry Tristan Thompson, Thomas and uh, Thompson. Thompson I always do it <laughs> and um, you know Kevin Love playing well Kyrie playing well I mean you know those guys can leg stuff out and you never know like if the Joey Crawford refs two of those games then maybe LeBron has a shot but I'd like to see what he can do. How about you? 
Uh, I'm very excited to see uh, Damian Lillard play. Uh, he's he's amazing. I feel like he's also got to like probably carry that team at, mm-hmm. for some of those for some of those games. So he's gonna be he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. And in the East, you know, I'd, hmm, yeah. But LeBron, I mean, I guess if the Pacers make it in, Paul George is he is he still doing well? I feel like he'll do he'll do some good things. Not Is as much as he was earlier. He, he he's been Same struggling movie. more lately. But, but the Pacers have been struggling. They've kind of fallen apart here. Yeah. But yeah, LeBron will be very fun to watch. He's you know he's really trying to get a championship win for his home or his home his home state or home maybe his home city his home state I guess yeah. Alright, um, I'm going to go with, in the West, uh, I was going to pick Damian Lord, but since you picked them all, do something more original and take uh, Kevin Durant, because I feel like he has a lot of 2010 Caval- Cavaliers LeBron in him right now, and it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see if he, if they have like an early exit, like we're saying, like what's his body language like, like, because like, remember in 2010, LeBron's last year at the Cavs, he was just... He looked ready to be off that team when they Very lost to the Celtics. That's the one when he ripped the jersey off when he was walking out of the tunnel, right? I think so. Yeah, it was the 2010 second round. They lost to the Celtics, and he just looked miserable. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we could see that with Kevin Durant again if things go south for the Thunder. And then the Eastern Conference, uh, obviously LeBron would be the number one choice, but I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. who I really want to see what he can do with the Celtics as the primary guy now so I think the Celtics team is fun to watch all the time anyway but I want to see what Isaiah Thomas does in the playoffs now mm-hmm. probably be a shame not to mention Steph Curry I mean, uh, either yeah he goes without saying <laughs> he's just so ridiculous that's what right I'm now. saying the goal, who doesn't I mean it's like how can you not pick Golden State how can you not want to watch Golden State they are just such a rootable team Yeah, they're so fun Hey, uh, All right, enjoy your comic book conversation, let's gentlemen. Move on to segment three. <laughs> okay, for segment three, we're going to talk about two nerdy things we've missed in the last month here, which are the movie Deadpool and the TV series Daredevil. But uh, we'll start with Deadpool, so Sam can contribute since she was only here for one of those two things. Yeah, I have not watched the sixteen hours of Daredevil. How many? How 13. many episodes are there? Thirteen. 13. So but you haven't seen 26. season one either. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those episodes. And you both still need to see Jessica Jones. I have watched two of those episodes. I've seen five of those episodes. episodes. Oh, come on, guys. She's I hot. Know, oh, yeah. She's foxy. <laughs> I, I do want to watch, watch the rest of it, but it definitely doesn't grab me as much as Daredevil does. Well, Deadpool I did see, yeah. and I enjoyed very much. I was not expecting to like Ryan Reynolds in it. And I, and I found him very funny. I didn't he, find him taxing. He he's had some huge misses with comic book movies before, but which he, they reference, which is great. Yeah, but he did a great job here. Uh huh. I mean, when he was first cast as Deadpool in Wolverine Origins, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, wow, like what, like what a home. You know, it's right up there with my castings of um, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, Patrick Stewart as <laughs> Professor X, and of course Robert Downey. Tony Stark, yeah, but like, are we gonna talk about Benedict uh, Cumberbatch in that category? You think? I I, I wait to reserve to see to to see Doctor Strange, but I just saw some new pictures um, of him in like full full garb. Yeah, 
looks he looks great. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Deadpool uh, and a perfect perfect casting because I feel like he's got that very sarcastic like sar- very sarcastic wit to him, and that's very under very that's very understated at times. But he's yes. great. They used your favorite song in the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was sitting in the theater afterward singing Shoop. Because they play that twice. <laughs> they play they play like they play like the whole song while he's having a fight on the highway and then And then at, again at the end at of the, the end movie. of the movie, yeah, they played the whole thing and yeah. Sam sung along to the whole thing. There's like six other g- women my age, like scattered throughout the theater, like I won't do it right <laughs> now. Because if I do, if I start it, I have to sing the whole thing, and I can't. I'm sure you're con- constraining yourself from doing it during the actual movie itself. <laughs> I'm constraining myself right now, because as soon as it starts playing, I just love it so much. But that wasn't even my favorite part of it. And my brother made a really good point about the movie, which is that he liked that it's like an insulated universe, and that the problem, at least for the, I mean, insulated for the moment. But the problem of the movie was like, save, like, Save my life, get the girl. Like it's not, it's not some bigger. It wasn't like, save evil. the world. Yeah, <laughs> can't like, get all the infinity some, right. stones. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't like a universe. Stop the thing. yeah. Stop the the. What does Loki have? The scepter thing. Stop him from opening a portal to. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. No end of the world stuff. It's just like. You'd just be really bummed because your girlfriend's going to die. Good old-fashioned revenge story. Good old-fashioned revenge story. Sometimes those are all you need. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, the biggest concern for me is that everybody's going to learn the wrong lessons from Deadpool and, like, try and make things, like, edgier and funnier and more, like, self-referencing in ways that aren't nearly as well done as Deadpool did it. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and don't fit the characters nearly as much. Like, I feel like... DC is trying to replicate it with Suicide Squad, and that makes me nervous and uh, how they're going to, like, break the fourth wall and things like that. So I'm, I'm a little nervous that other studios are going to learn the wrong lessons from how well it did. Well, yeah, the thing with Deadpool is that he does break the fourth wall, though. That's yeah. very, intention- that's very uh-huh. intentional. Um, I feel like if any other character does it, that's very out of character, even uh-huh. in, even in oh, Suicide yeah. Squad. I feel like the lessons to be learned from Deadpool and also Guardians of the Galaxy is that humor is is okay. Like using having like back you know uh, pop you know a pop song while everything's in slow motion for the opening credits of this like super violent mm-hmm. scene is mm-hmm. is funny. Like I was dying in the theater. I was mm-hmm. crying as Tristan can attest. Yeah. I was I was rolling. <laughs> it was so perfect. Uh huh. Very funny. And now Suicide Squad Straight is out. doing reshoots to make. To make their film like funnier and I guess light lighter. I mean, do you see like it's funny because it has the word suicide <laughs> in the title. DC is like I, mean, I I can picture a bunch of like guys in suits sitting around saying, "Oh, kids like that humor, huh? Let's just give them more humor." And none of them like can even laugh. It's like a, like that Simpson scene where he's like, well, you guys know what laughter sounds like. I think Rex Banner. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. So, so funny that it makes me want to laugh. And he can't actually laugh because he doesn't know how to do it. It makes oh. me think of the executives in Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it makes me think of the execubots in Futurama. Mm. My one gripe with Deadpool, very quickly, are we, is a spoiler-free yeah. zone. It's, mm-hmm. 
It is. Oh, it's you want to? You want It's a mild. It's mild. It's well, spoiler. Okay, well, here, yeah. here, we'll give a spoiler alert now. So if you don't want to have Deadpool spoiled for you, but it's been out for a month. This and is half, so this is now, like people. the B plot. It's the the cab driver. They leave him. On a cliffhanger, they leave <laughs> yeah. him in the middle of, like, a very sticky situation, and they don't go back to it, and they don't address it, and I would really like some closure on that. That was in no way a spoiler. You didn't even need a spoiler alert there. I wonder but if that's I, like, I, I don't know if that's intentional or not, but I was like, what happened to that? Because <laughs> there's a lot of things there. Hopefully Dopinder will be back in the sequel. <laughs> Dopinder? Yeah. I mean, maybe the premise of the second one is getting Dopinder out of a really bad situation. I don't know. My, well, I don't understand why they would do Cable for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's the key to the future. <laughs> um, but uh, my biggest gripe is the way they treated Colossus in that. It, I, I don't know why Colossus had to be so, like, moralizing. Like, Colossus is not a preachy character at all in the comics. And the, the way they used him to be, like, the moral, like good angel on the shoulder just didn't really like feel like the right character to do that uh-huh. plus he was in steel form the entire time which didn't make sense either yeah it's like why are you eating your cereal like i mean it's a great like mo- like it's a great image Sorry, spoiler alert again minor wow. spoiler alert, like yeah. him holding like a spoon just like with his you know pink with his uh index and thumb um. that's a good Plus, this, my biggest, I guess my biggest gripe would be, like, the suspension on that taxi. It's yeah. been ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. Steel. A guy made of steel sitting in your backseat and you go in a pothole. Yeah. Goodbye suspension. Yeah. Goodbye car. Yeah. How do you even fit in there? There's so many questions. So many right. questions. Any other Deadpool thoughts? I'll see the sequel. All right. Then we're going to move on to talking about Daredevil. All right, now I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a spoiler zone. There's going to be uh, oh, lots of spoilers. Oh, now I really got to get out of here. Hold on, hold on. Well, uh, I, I go on, go on. Good luck. So if you are planning on watching Daredevil and haven't yet, then this is your time to say goodbye until next time. But if you have watched it all, then you are the right people to listen to this then. So, are we talking about one ant? Because we didn't, I mean, granted, one came out before we did this podcast. But are we going to talk about this overall? Yeah, we can talk about everything. I mean, I just got done with season two, so that's what I'm more into talking about right now. And maybe you can uh, help me out a little bit on what happened at the end there, because there are definitely some things I was a little lost on. Oh, sure. Because I didn't get exactly what they meant by Elector is Black Sky. Oh, um, I think again. I think what they were trying. To, I think again. I was a little confused by that as well. But I think what they were trying to illustrate was that Black Sky is just like is just, she's just a symbol. Like okay. yeah, sure, she's like a deadly killer and whatnot. But there was no. They want her to be like the leader. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fine. matter. That's what yeah. AB Club was saying too, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that like maybe that makes sense. Like she, they want her to be like the leader and they're gonna revive her in that tank and make her a I mean, zombie. Yeah. That's definitely and that's definitely something that happens in the comics. Um yeah. she doesn't get killed by she gets killed by a size, so I was like that was a good that's a good nod. I mean with Bullseye mm-hmm. is such a I mean hopefully he'll be in next season. Like that'd be great. The release and then the rise of the Kingpin, um outside well, of jail. I was wondering like that was another thing. Like I I was a little disappointed they didn't go back to Kingpin like basically being in charge of the prison at all, but I was thinking that maybe they would set him up to be the bad guy in the Defenders. 
Which well, I don't know even know if that's going to be before season three happens or not. No, I think it'll be the hand. You think it's going to Yeah, they're okay. like they're just, they're. I mean, come on, like ninjas and big organization. Yeah, but they've all had beef with the kingpin too. Like the like he would be a good bad guy for. Or, them as well. or something that would be great would be like a war between the hand and the and the kingpin with the defenders like stuck in the middle, mm, and that's yeah. that's something that does happen in the comics. <laughs> I could yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, the king, all the kingpin scenes were excellent. I, I really like the one where he was uh, talking to uh, Matt Murdock in the prison and like yeah, and you know like he can't fight back because he can't let him know that he's mm-hmm. like who he is. So that was a really good one. I mean, yeah, there were some amazing set pieces this season. Yeah, the I mean, again, like another shout out. To, I didn't like this one as much, but the um, there was oh, since we're talking about season one as well, but um, the hallway, the single camera hallway scene is great, which they did in season two again, which is much longer. The staircase stairwell, but I was gonna say like that's the one that's getting the most attention, like the the battle with all the bikers in the stairwell, yeah. but. Man, the Punisher fight against all of the uh, in the prison. Oh yeah, that that was. <laughs> one was more like because that one didn't pull anything. Like it was all he's like all the all of the long Daredevil shots have been just punching, but yeah, Daredevil's here sitting here cutting people's throats and well stabbing them with yeah. broomsticks. Yeah, and just that that fight was brutal. Well, yeah, and, you, and like, it's you know great choice to have his. Um, prison uniform in white as yeah. opposed to everyone else's orange yeah so you could see all the blood on it at mm-hmm. the end yeah that was i mean everything with the punisher i felt i felt, felt like they nailed him yeah and it was it was very uh i guess intrigued to see how they were because he gets taken out pretty early in the se- like season you know, episode four he's he's arrested mm-hmm. after being tortured by the irish mob yeah he but they yeah and then bring and then how like they bring him back is is was was great John Berenthal did an amazing job as him. Like mm-hmm. I, I, he, everything about the Punisher scenes were definitely my favorite part of season two. Yeah, my one qualm was the, when they tried to kind of give him, I guess, what do we would call like a superpower, but like, oh, he's like he, again, he got like oh, shot in the head, and so time, this is yeah. yeah. I was like, ah, I was like, I mean, okay, but I feel like he's more again like it's which I like that he then eventually like you know shouted out again it's like no like this is bull this is like this is bull like yeah. I'm not like this like I I I'm clear of purpose I know exactly what I'm doing which is the which is dead on for the punisher exactly like they want they want to give you like the excuse to root for him mm-hmm. but he's like no I I kill people for <laughs> this reason and you either deal with it or not yeah. so did you see the betrayal coming like who Which like one? Um, the general um, oh his... no they hit me in the blacksmith yeah no. I, th- I thought that was a little convenient i'm sorry <laughs> i that, that the blacksmith is somebody that he knew from the past yeah i it would have been like i know they wanted to use that like you have a character actor like that you want to use him a little more um well i just figured like i was like oh yeah that's totally the bad i was like oh he's a bad guy <laughs> just because he's that's clancy yeah he's clancy brown who yeah. voices uh lex luthor on the uh Superman the animated series and then the Justice League after that. It was like, oh, and it's clearly it's known for being a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> other things too. Like he's made quite a career off that. Shawshank Redemption being the most yeah. classic, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't feel like he needed to. Like he needed somebody we'd seen before to be the blacksmith, but that's fine. I didn't. I, it didn't distract me too much. Yeah. Uh, the. 
they keep feeling bad for Foggy Nelson. Like, I re- I'm glad that they... Oh, yeah, we do need to talk about Foggy, because... <laughs> I'm glad that he's uh, somewhere else now, and they can stop, like, having... Like, because they're, they're getting into a hamster wheel of always being the same thing. Like, Foggy and Matt, like, take a case, and Matt's not there because he got beat up being Daredevil, and Foggy has to cover for him. They, they kind of beat that one in the ground, so I'm glad they don't have to keep going back to that now. Yeah, Foggy is, I feel like, one of the all-star character of the show. I mean, he's so, he's so fun to watch. And he's, I mean, he's, you know, he's, again, he's, I guess it's a guy, maybe, he, maybe he's just playing up the, like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. And then he comes out and just, like, kicks major, kicks major buck with the, with the, le- with the legal speak. I mean, when he faced down the DA this season, mm-hmm. that was great. His court, that's something I really liked about this season. Like, they went, they went into the courtroom a lot more. Yeah, that's uh, true. And that was, that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. Uh, the oh another scene I wanted to talk about was uh, when Claire fights the hand ninjas in the hospital. Like, oh, that yeah. was a good one too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I loved Claire being back and just like Rosario Dawson can be in anything and make it better. Yeah, she's great. Um, but yeah, that scene where she's fighting off the hand ninjas that have come for the kids and then the kids get all creepy at the end. Oh, that was. Oh yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, that was that was very weird. I was very disturbed by by that whole. Kids being drained for blood, mm. being incubators, and then they're brainwashed, or some mystical stuff happens to them. Like, whoa. There was definitely a lot more mysticism in this season than last. I feel like they're trying to get us prepared for Iron Fist. Yeah, and that's fine. I, I'm very excited for Iron Fist. And in a way, Doctor Strange will be the mystic thing that comes out first. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with Marvel going into that, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's a natural. I feel it's, it's again. I feel like a lot of the things with a lot of superhero movies is the nature of like escalation, and that's what I feel like the biggest enemy of all all superheroes. Like everything's got to get bigger and more explosive, and I guess that's <laughs> that's our fault. The other thing I liked this season is how explicit they made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comparison because since Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles took a lot of its mythology from Daredevil, like a lot of what it took was like this season with uh, Splinter in for stick and mm. uh, the hand, or the foot instead of the hand. Like, all, all of the... A lot of, like, classic Ninja Turtles plot lines came from this season of Daredevil. The story is that inspired the season of Daredevil, I should say. So, yeah, those are my main things I wanted to get to. Anything else you want to um, add to the... I, can, I guess I liked, I liked Electra's character. Um... She's great, very and very and very attractive as well. Um, she was way better than Jennifer Garner. Well, yeah, that was <laughs> awful. Um, it was a little weird. I definitely um, Frank Miller, who has like an iconic Daredevil war run, said this is like was like at least I guess like a little ups- maybe not upset, but he wasn't gonna like say she was she was good um, because he didn't remind her. He was like, that's not the ele- electro like that's not the electro like I created or like I did. I was like, and that was fine. That's okay. Well, what does Frank Miller ever like? That's yeah, also true. <laughs> Besides <laughs> the stuff he's done. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I guess... Let's uh, see. Uh, looking forward else? to... Yeah, I guess looking forward to season two. Yeah. Would, you know, the cliffhanger... Season three. Or season three, excuse yeah. me. Um, I guess, you know, they leave it on the cliffhanger of him revealing his identity to Karen. Mm-hmm. And so that... and But also, like, kind of like that being paired with um, Kingpin looking deeper into Matt Murdock. I feel like those are two plot lines that are eventually going to collide and maybe even... I don't know if... I mean, like, maybe even she's forced to come clean about killing Wesley and that... 
mm-hmm. really just kind of sets a, um, sets Kingpin only the warpath, like attacking her and attacking Matt. Yeah. Maybe even figuring out that he's Daredevil. Yeah. So we got a lot to look forward to. All right, that'll wrap it up. We'll be back uh, sometime probably to talk about the playoffs.